Hello and welcome back to Let's Finally Watch It, a movie podcast where we watch movies that you saw probably quite a long time ago, but one or both of us failed to watch. I'm Lauren Blair Donovan. And I'm Clark Knows. And today we're watching a movie I've somewhat failed to watch, which is The Matrix. That's a 1999-98 uh-huh. classic? I believe it's 99, yeah. Okay. It's funny because you were just saying in the last episode that 99 was a notoriously good yeah. year for Magnolia mm-hmm. came out, Fight Club, yeah. uh, all those. Yeah, Lots of class. It's funny how ending of decades, because I think 1939 is another big one for movies mm-hmm. too. So it's kind of yeah. funny how that the, the decade starts to end and people finally figure out how to make movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's or, what I'm hearing. Or um, growing into their style. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, so wait, what it, what's your complicated history? Okay, then? so I'm pretty sure that one of my friends in high school had it, and we tried to watch it, but we fell asleep during it. Okay. Like on her futon. We just like, I took a nap, which is funny because I never nap, so I, I must have been very tired. <laughs> I remember thinking it was kind of interesting, but I wasn't maybe i was just tired maybe i wasn't hooked but the more i've heard a lot about it in culture and i think mm-hmm. i understand it's like a big philosophy debate mm-hmm. and it's something that's sort of taken a life of its own both politically as well as like how people are into like spirituality and multiverses and are we even like in a computer system kind of type theory it, it sounds like it touches on that stuff so i don't think it's entirely spoiled but i think I kind of get the gist of a little bit of what the assignment of watching this movie will be. It's it's almost like the way like I was talking about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of philosophical right. issues that it deals with. You see all people flying around shooting and right. I personally like movies like that where mm-hmm. it does. It's an image. So if you're looking at a book and they're explaining something and you see a picture it's like oh okay that makes more sense right with this and oh, oh like star wars even uh, star trek as well a lot of science fiction in general that's why it's called science fiction right because they're trying to explain these ideas in such a way that they uh, it's basically like a, a diagram, but it has to be an entire picture mm-hmm. to explain uh, certain concepts and mm-hmm. such. Because I remember in college, and I think I talked about this before, I don't know if on the pod, but I feel like all of my philosophy teachers would reference The Matrix. Because mm. there's so many different concepts that are able to um, be explained through this movie. Um, one of them being you know descartes yeah right. um mind body problem i think therefore i am mm-hmm. yeah so so you have you know the that's descartes right uh, descartes? yeah i think okay. i think so descartes and then you also have the problem of good and good and mm-hmm. uh, good and evil 
and there's and yeah and also different types of you know in psychology like what is consciousness the yeah. it, the jury's still out yeah science hasn't quite yeah has they don't really have their finger to the pulse of that as much as they want to like it's they're frustrated by that actually yeah. it's not it's not something that's necessarily that tangible mm-hmm. of what consciousness actually is I saw stand up and he was talking about how when you're if you were to tell aliens that didn't need to sleep explain to them what sleep is mm-hmm. they're like wait what you just shut down what are you doing mm-hmm. nothing like sometimes i'm having a dream but sometimes yeah. I'm not or sometimes you're dreams... dreaming and you don't remember it the yeah. second you wake up and sometimes dreams are bad and uh-huh. it's like and it really is true it's it's there's so many different things about the human mind that are hard to explain and i think this uh i haven't seen this in a while but it was good for me in my understanding of certain philosophical yeah uh philosophical concepts yeah that's cool yeah Yeah. it's a movie that i just never sought out again but not because i'm kicking and screaming like i don't not Mm want to watch it i just never got a great opportunity which i think is like the bulk of most of either one of us not watching a movie it's just like oh the opportunity didn't really represent itself Mm -hmm. or 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 what have you and eventually so much time passes where you're kind of like well haven't watched it so far so um why why would today be the day but today is the day because that's why we have this Mm -hmm. podcast where kind of get to learn about the parts of culture we missed so i'm like i think i'm gonna like it fine i don't think i'm gonna like hate it i I don't know if i'll love it or not i don't Mm -hmm. like i don't even think i know who's in it besides keanu reeves maybe wesley snipes is he in it Mm -hmm. or am i just mixing that up with something all right i'm mixing it up with something yeah i i I know what you mixed it up with what i mixed it up with with blade okay thank you okay i knew there was and both had black trench coats Mm -hmm. okay that's what it is that was another thing about this movie, though, too. Mm-hmm. Trench, trench coat mafia. Don't even get me started. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in some ways, it's a little. So that I think that taints it a little bit. But I mean, that's. But not, that wasn't inspired by because this. If these were released in '99, yeah. Then like that was already filmed in '98 pre Columbine. If you don't get what we're, if you're young and don't get what we're talking about, yeah, yeah. Which was never a thing. I befriended a lot of Columbine students um, in Colorado, actually, and. I mean, the media now knows that the trench coat mafia was not mm-hmm. a thing, but boy, were they right. pissed from the live experience of not knowing it's a thing and then having their actual trauma be bastardized and yeah. not told correctly. They have very valid feelings about being pissed about that. Yeah. But, but anyways, I get it. There's an over overreaction on certain things, mm-hmm. but not the gun control part. Which yeah, not is the correct stuff. Not the correct stuff. <laughs> or the yeah. mental health part. But yeah, but but anyways, like I don't think that that should really even taint. What, well, no, because um, we're, I think, aware of the, yeah. Yeah, but also another concept, and I don't know if I should say this part yet. You decide, because I don't know. <laughs> well, um, so the director's, uh, they're siblings, mm. um, but both of them came out as trans. Oh, interesting. And so I think that this is, if you look at it at that in that lens, mm-hmm. I, I I haven't seen it since then. I I just saw when it came out the sequel that was not well received. I thought it was not that 
it was confusing. Mm. It was so confusing. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, looking at it from that lens, I wonder if there's something that we could glean in it. Obviously, like the the journey of transitioning, right? Um, if there's right. some, because I have read things lately that they're like, oh, now I get it. Like it was coded, basically. Yeah, coded, basically. Kind of like how queer characters in the 1970s sitcoms, yeah, alluded to being gay, but they couldn't mm-hmm. really say so. Right, uh, and then on top of it, this movie's visually stunning. They did so much they did way more than they needed to do visual effects wise it it, it is remarkable uh all the stuff that they do from what i remember Mm -hmm. in 1999 i think it'll be interesting to see computers uh at this time yeah you know obviously oh yeah is this wait okay so does this movie take place in 1999 or in the future no Mm -hmm. Uh, or does it jump in around? 1999. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. not a future movie. Interesting. Cool. Then the computers will be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't want to give away anymore. Okay. I feel like if we fair. keep talking about it. Fair. Okay. And then let's yeah. finally watch it. Okay, let's finally watch it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. We are back. I have seen The Matrix now. Yeah, you and you have rewatched the Matrix. I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts upon rewatching it? it it's interesting because this movie for me, when I did see it in 1999, it was in high school and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was such a, a breakthrough mm-hmm. as far as it. I really think that it brought action movies in general to another level. Mm-hmm. I think after the Matrix. There really is a before and after with The Matrix. I know I said that about Star Wars. There's some parallels, though, because both are about philosophy mm-hmm. more than some other action movies. So yeah, I think it tracks. Yeah. So I think I think it was a good push forward. I really think, especially at the time, like the special effects, uh, it was mind-boggling, all the things that they're able to do. Now they're old hat. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, the whole bullet time, uh, freezing of time. Uh, what you have to do with that, I think, is line up a bunch of cameras and have them take mm-hmm. a picture simultaneously. Yeah, I think so, too. Or just off by a little bit uh, to get that effect. Amazing technicalities on it. But that being said, I don't know if it held up. It, it, things have gone so crazy you know mm-hmm. lately to be, for better or for worse right um it just some parts really did hold up for me but mm-hmm. some parts were really cheesy there's some things that i really forgot mm-hmm. um but yeah i'll get in more into that sure. later but what about you what did you you know oh god it, it's like this is one of those movies that's somewhere in the middle for me with the the library that we've accumulated of movies we've watched i didn't dislike it but I wasn't super hooked either, but I did appreciate parts of it, if that makes sense. It's just like I have a lot of, I don't think conflicting thoughts is the right term, but thoughts that don't feel like they're congruent with the other thoughts, maybe. That like, yeah, there's stuff I admire about it, but I think 
because I'm not an action person, it's like I, I get what they were trying to do and I appreciate it, but the execution's a little lost on someone like me, if that makes any sense. But I didn't hate it. I do understand why I fell asleep, though, when watching it. There's something about the color scheme, like all the muted stuff, that just visually makes me very sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Because we, and granted, we watched it at night and... um I don't think that was helping anything. I happen to have a circadian rhythm that pretty strongly gets tired when the sun goes down. So I think it was like a double whammy. But I remember like 20 minutes in just being like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And I don't I get I, why I fell asleep. <laughs> I don't think that's an accident. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, absolutely, that's probably absolutely not. not an accident. Yeah. That's what they're going for. Yeah. Because they're showing what their version of the 1990s would mm-hmm. be or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... If you've ever worked in an office job, it does feel like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So it, it, especially like thinking about like a humdrum, whatever office drone existence. Muted. Like, yeah, it's a good yeah. way to tell that story for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I figured, but yeah. yeah, it does just sort of put my brain a little to sleep. So that made a lot of sense to me. Where I'm like, oh, that's why I took a nap the first time I saw the movie. I was probably sleep deprived too, but. Yeah, so I don't know. The thing is, and we talked a little bit about this off pod, I don't dislike Kanoa Reeves. I I like, I can never say that name right, sorry. Uh, I I never, I I like him way more as a person than an actor, though. And like, I don't think he did a bad job, but I couldn't help but wonder if in the hands of someone else, if his role would pop a little more, at least for me. He was the only weak link in the cast. I really liked everybody else. And again, I don't dislike him, but I just thought for a protagonist, it wasn't the most layered performance. Maybe Mm -hmm. is the way I would describe it. Yeah, I I totally feel that. I, I feel like he definitely has come into his own lately. I've heard that. I've heard that. Like John Wick, I really do. I think he does a fantastic job and john wick and i actually like a movie from around this time called constantine mm-hmm. where he uh he plays you know it's it's about like angels and demons and stuff mm-hmm. so I, of course i like it and i thought and of course bill and ted's excellent adventure is like one of my favorite right time travel movies and i think he's perfect for that especially mm-hmm. bill and ted like right that is keanu reeves i think here yeah it is a little bit disjointed I think in some aspects of it, yeah, like his performance, I I, I think is pretty good. But, but then some scenes, it's like, oh, that's yeah. a little hollow of a response or a yeah. physicality or w- whatever. A little detached. And that's yeah. the thing. I even googled it too because I was like, am I crazy? You know, and a lot of what the internet says is he's his uh, body of work is just uneven. Like, sometimes he shines, sometimes he doesn't. And it's just so interesting to me that this is maybe one of his most, if not his most well-known movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he was okay. <laughs> yeah. And and that may go to the directing. I, I yeah, think that's that, true, too. I think, because uh, everybody else in the cast, I have seen them in multiple other things, mm-hmm. and they're great, too. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss. Even uh, the other side characters are a little less known. I really like them a lot. Yeah, and Hugo Weaving, I think, plays a really great Agent Smith. He played Mm -hmm. Agent Smith. I think he's amazing, and I've seen him in... He's he's in Lord of the Rings as well. And I think they really... When they did cast it, they got, like, yeah, you're right. All those 
pieces fell in to where they probably didn't need to direct these people. These people had yeah. this gravitas and it's just yeah. different. Yeah, Keanu Reeves just didn't come prepackaged like that. And yeah, it's not going to work every time. But I think the thing is, like most people, when they came to watch this movie, they, I don't think they're even watching probably. Keanu Reeves. They're just you know blown away uh to yeah. see things and also that whole twist of if we want to get into it mm-hmm. the the twist of this world is actually not this world or mm-hmm. computer simulation right now that's kind of old hat we've a lot we've of people believe it. that's reality yeah <laughs> yeah and I, th- I think in a lot of ways there are experiments to be made sure to prove or disprove that because it is a possibility yeah it's a fun thought exercise that's mm -hmm. very hard to disprove because there isn't a controlled variable so it is difficult yeah well and also we have different problems with physics that we really can't explain yeah there are just yeah there's concepts to where two two atoms could exist at the same time in different places like mm-hmm. that seems wrong mm-hmm. and when you start getting into the nitty gritty of what everything is made of it's insane to think about absolutely but i think this kind of came up with those those concepts and like set people on a different course yeah thinking about that and I, you know we talked about this uh, we talked about the philosophy of it and i think that it does a great job like i was saying i think in the preview review all of my philosophy teachers mm-hmm. this was the movie yeah and i don't know how popular this movie is anymore to be real i know the newest one did very poorly the one that was released during the pandemic i know that was i watched it wasn't that much of a fan of it. Mm-hmm. It looked kind of cool, but it really wasn't that good. It was mm-hmm. a pale reflection of, yeah. of what it was before. But I also don't like the other sequels, though. There's, How many have there have there been? <clears throat> so that would have been the fourth one. There's one thing that is very good, and that's called the Animatrix. And that one is more of an anthology. So mm. it, it's shorter. It's like uh, 15... <laughs> Yanni's already uh 15 minute segments and stuff and i think the uh i think that actually works really well because it tells smaller stories oh that's uh, kind of more cool. and it's animated it's animated that's so cool. it's like anime style and i think that that especially is you know animated of course yeah the matrix and i know a lot of it was inspired by anime in general i didn't mm-hmm. we, we we watched it and like a week ago and it was just too late in the evening to record and i was happy that that kind of worked out because i wanted to like not do like a deep dive but just a little bit of a superficial research of the movie to make sure i understood it the way i thought i did and see if there was any missing puzzle pieces and i read that in addition to philosophy there was also parallels with jesus and mm-hmm. Neo, and then also the anime, and as well as the transgender stuff that I think you were talking about in the preview review mm-hmm. too, yeah. and some of the uh, one of the characters switch, right, was originally supposed to be uh, a woman on Earth and a male in the Matrix, or that makes sense, yeah. And then they and cause the woman who auditioned was um, only auditioning for one role, but then they decided to keep her for both and they kept the name switch and made her super androgynous 
to help write home the point that they originally intended with the character. And like you said, no one knew that there was gender identity struggles behind the scenes with the creators. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But um, I think it's a really good diagram mm -hmm. of these concept or these yeah. com complex concepts that, uh, you know, take usually takes an entire semester to learn mm -hmm. and they kind of just cram it in yeah. to like two hours, which... You know. I'm curious because I remember you were saying that in your you know future classes with philosophy that your teachers or professors were using the matrix matrix as an example. But I'm curious about how many people in 1999 going to the box office saw it as just an action movie or how many people really picked up on the deeper themes of it. Mm, I I'm curious about like what people's initial reaction without Googling it, yeah. without being in class. Cause like I picked up on some of it, but like I have studied philosophy and religion. I don't know the philosophy part backwards and forwards, but um, I can definitely detect metaphors when we're in that arena. Right. But it also was weirdly not heavy handed. It's not like they were explaining all the things of the things. So I'm, I'm and when anything's super mainstream, you're going to have, smart and dumb people liking stuff yeah. usually the more successful something is it's like a wider net of people so i'm curious about how many people had the philosophical takeaways at least in real time when it was released when they couldn't research it i guess if my philosophy teachers watched it then maybe yeah yeah but uh but yeah i don't know i don't i i knew uh, a few of the concepts but not quite uh like as as many yeah i honestly until you really said the religious thing i guess yeah the one mm -hmm. i guess that is a religious overtone i really rarely and think saving about the like day that. The, the the comparison that i was reading about was like uh shoot what was it it was uh, jesus was sinless and died to save everyone from their sins but neo was more like something about like conformity or shoot now i forget what the exact term and terms were but uh, basically from like going with the flow from not questioning things from being robotic or a cog in the wheel like he represented something mm -hmm. better than that yeah that was the metaphor right. yeah i think for me i had thought of more of greek re greek religion to be honest well that's where morpheus came yeah, from morpheus too. yeah yeah um i can't remember i think he's one of the god of um oh shoot i was literally yeah i just had it this morning i was thinking about it and it's escaping me i'm gonna look it yeah. up because that's gonna drive me crazy actually i know orpheus more than morpheus yeah uh he was the god of sleep and that oh. was it indicative of waking up interesting oh that makes sense okay because yeah. i was i was like thinking that but i thought it was nyx nyx is the god of night mm -hmm. so okay yeah never mind i got that all mixed up but yeah yeah morpheus that's right and dreams correct i think so okay i, th I think okay i think but yeah so i was you know when i watched it i was really into greek mythology mm -hmm. and think that it, it is interesting that the concept of when they're talking about the spoon mm-hmm you have to just know that there is no spoon. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of an interesting idea because there's so many concepts that we have in our head about the world around yeah. us. 
and sometimes they're wrong and we fail to question them and i think that's the crux of you know the different uh, the Mm -hmm. red pill versus the blue pill or at least more complex than we think Exactly. Because too often, especially in this day and age of being armchair experts, I think this movie actually tracks weirdly well with current times. Like Mm -hmm. it's aged well in terms of just generally the question everything part of it. Because like more and more people think that they know more than they do, if you will. Because they've read, they've watched one video essay on something or Mm -hmm. hell, even the pandemic. Look at all the different opinions of like what was happening and what people fail to realize is like, yeah, you can do your own research, but people who are scientists study things and know different concepts and terminologies than any layman, no matter how smart you are, no mm-hmm. matter how much you research this stuff will, right. it's different. And um, I think that speaks to lived experiences too. You can read about a lived experience you don't have and just always know it's more complex and mm-hmm. deeper than what you're reading about. And yeah. I don't know. That kind of worked well with the whether there is no spoon or whether the spoon is more complicated than you think. I think both kind of track weirdly well. Yeah. And especially for me, the fact that science is, I've always been more, I've never been religious Mm -hmm. because I've been, I've always like questioned things. But the thing is, you have to also know that you could, in fact, be wrong. And yeah. I think that's the difference between science and religion. Religion is very, it's faith-driven. Yeah. Whereas science kind of does. Well, it's oh, we see to wrong. believe. Yeah. We, and we and correct if you're wrong, because science mm-hmm. often does prove to be wrong, too. But that was uh, the other thing, too, where the whole thing where uh, knowing thyself, you know, and there's the, I think it's plato that was like uh the wise man knows he knows nothing at all and they map that a lot you know and that's also speaks to what we're saying where it's like it's always deeper that we don't know we Mm -hmm. don't know no matter how smart you are you don't know and the wisest thing you can do is to say you don't know or only know so much at least and just explore it i mean because also going back to I think it was Plato, the allegory of the cave. Yeah, that's Plato, yeah. Yeah, and so the allegory of the cave is something similar to that, where it's, if you, uh, I know, I think most people know the allegory, mm-hmm. but I'll just humor it. So basically, it, it's this concept, uh, it's this theoretical situation where these people are chained in a a cave. They have... There's a, f- a fire be- behind them, and there's, I believe it's like puppets or shadow puppets being projected onto the wall. And all the all the prisoners who are in there, that's all they know. Yeah. So that is their reality, mm-hmm. what, they, what they're seeing. And it's they've never seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. So they have, no con- they have no concept of it. And the thing about that is you're uh, you know unless you're willing to break those theoretical chains and you know go in to the light of you know outside of the cave you'll just be you'll be stuck there yeah but also that does come with and you we'll talk about that too the I think one of the concepts, too, is that the sun will burn your eyes, at least yeah. for a while. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy questioning everything. It's not easy 
there i mean because there have always been times where i'm like god i wish i was just christian mm-hmm. just be like well, normal that, or whatever and and to have just, the answers even if they're not right but exactly be, they say ignorance is bliss for yes. a reason yeah and they literally say it in the movie as well yeah. um when the uh character i forgot what his uh, name was in it but uh, i think his name is tony panty alone mm. uh is the actor but he's the one that is the traitor mm. and oh, that guy, he yeah. and he goes and has dinner with the agent right the agent yeah and he's thinking about turning in mm-hmm. you know the crew because he's like i don't want to remember that this was that this is a matrix i i will go in mm-hmm. just give me like a cool life yeah and i know it'll be fake but i don't care mm-hmm. and i think that that's such an interesting concept mm-hmm. and i guess that would be god is that judas then i guess maybe that yeah would be maybe there is a parallel there a parallel yeah. with judas i never really thought about that that's but, interesting but yeah there is this thing where people and i'm gonna be honest that's most people most people get stuck in their ruts and they're not willing you know unless they have a podcast where they go and watch uh, things that they usually don't yay but, us <laughs> yeah but i think that's such a strong concept and you're right especially now also with the ai stuff too i think that was uh yeah, pretty it's a lot going on there yeah but that's why i think it's just so important to like either travel or go live other places because no matter where you live whether it's progressive whether it's conservative whether it's somewhere in the middle um you can lose perspective about that being the only reality yeah and it's really good to see the nuances of how other people live and meet people that maybe don't challenge your beliefs maybe your beliefs are right but at least give you context and humanity for where other people are coming from and -hmm. realize it's not always people being evil to be evil they don't know better or they're right. somewhere in the middle and learning or something like those are always the most interesting people to me when they're somewhere in the middle and it's like oh they're on the fence join our side <laughs> yeah. instead of vilifying let's have a dialogue like that's kind of or always at least my just response. questioning things and yeah. that's the thing i've there have been plenty of times where i thought i knew everything and don't we all though yeah you know until we don't you know even about ourselves you know like i don't want to go too much into this but i think most i I know i've referenced this before and it's all over social media but i have complex ptsd and last year was really tough for me which you know you've witnessed Mm -hmm. some bad moments with me and it's because I, I was overloaded with information about how my own brain works and how my own life went. And yeah, I, I understand who I am for the most part. And I don't think I had too many disillusions about my life, but it was a different way to look at things. And it hurt my eyes at times. And I kind of imploded a little bit from the inside. And the metaphor that I've been kind of using is like a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Everyone really likes that metaphor. But what they forget to say is when you're in the cocoon, it's very goopy. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be in that mess. That's yeah. not fun. Transformation is not fun. Mm-hmm. Getting to the other side is fun. Right. Transformation is not. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not all the way out of the cocoon, but I have moments where I'm starting to hatch or whatever it is that they do. And, or at least I've processed some stuff, so it's not as intense. But 
whether it's about your own life, whether it's about a worldview, whether it's about people you know. Sometimes you find out that someone's a con artist or someone has a darker side. Or or, or you just realize stuff that's been there. Yes. Hiding in plain you sight. Know, yeah. And now you just have the perspective or you see it or can't unsee it or whatever. It's, um, yeah, it's learning's hard. <laughs> it is life hard. is hard. <laughs> Being aware is hard, no matter yeah. how aware you are. Yeah. There's always more to be aware of. It never ends. Yeah, but the thing is, I think when you get to the other end of things like that, uh, different changes in thinking, when you get there, it will be so much better. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. It's hard work, though, for sure. (laughs) People like to hide the brushstrokes, I think. Right. I'm a very big fan of being like, nope, this is where I was faulty, and nope, this is why it's hard. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that comes across, I think, as complaining, but really it's just like, no, let's not put a silver lining on everything because that makes it harder for people to aspire to do better sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. Thinking it's going to be easier than it is. Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. There's cool parts of this movie. It's just not the vehicle that I respond well to. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm having more fun talking about it than I thought I would. But mm-hmm. just wasn't yeah. my favorite. But it's not an avatar. It's not like I hated it. Right. It's just... Parts of it were cool and parts of it were like, eh, yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I get that. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Well, I just, for me, I I think I, and I, I, I haven't touched this yet on mm. it, but going back to it, you know, I grew up a goth and this was kind of like a representative of the subculture. Yeah. But... I do remember having some qualms, especially with the music. Oh my god. You goodness. did say that off pod and I agree with you, but take it away. And I and I and I remember having that feeling at the time. I w- and I get there's probably limitations that I think this was Warner Brothers movie. I imagine that there were some limitations that they had with because mm-hmm. they were in a, a cyberpunk which is an offshoot of industrial, which is an offshoot of gothicism. Mm-hmm. And they were playing Rob Zombie, and that, even in 1999, 1998, like, I'm sorry, maybe even, yeah, they're just, they could have even played Depeche Mode, that would have actually... Yeah. Uh, that's not necessarily it, but you know they should have been playing well, like some uh, Nine Inch Nails would have been great. Would have been too, perfect. You know, that that been honestly fine. would have been the best soundtrack. But even if Trent Reznor just did the score, even like yeah. oh my god. But like yeah, and I'm like, look, I don't even mind Rob Zombie or White Zombie, but mm-hmm. they're not goth. Like, yeah, they're and not. they picked the most goth quote unquote song, Dragula. Right, because it does have a lot of these like spooky undertones, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I do like that song, but I I hated the mix that they did. It was not; Mm -hmm. it was a mix, and I was like, "This is just offensive." And I think they did a mix. I I think they did a mashup. It sounded like they did a mashup with "Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up" as well, Mm -hmm. which actually that probably would have just been better just straight up play. I think so too. It's so funny because I like Prodigy or at mm -hmm. least I'm fine with them. I don't know them backwards and forward but I I like the stuff I know of them. uh, Fat of the Land is a legit pretty pretty good album actually. Yeah and I like I said I do like Rob Zombie but um, it was a weird choice and a weird Mm -hmm. very 1998 when it was filmed probably to be fair that song was everywhere but yeah yeah nine inch nails or yeah you know that would have been better yeah that would have been better 
And even though I'm not like the biggest fan, maybe even Marilyn Manson. And of course, like that would have aged poorly, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, and I, I did like his music. I, I mm-hmm. he's canceled. Team Evan Rachel Wood, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like Manson and Zombie were both like mall goth kind of stuff versus that's real right. goth, yeah. you know. Um, so that, that's what we're trying to say. If you're but trying maybe, to decipher okay. out there in podcast land, <laughs> maybe it's the simulation, and I guess I get maybe the computers didn't understand oh that that was like their stock music (laughs) i guess so yeah they're like what do we play the cyberpunk yeah club yeah but but other than that like i really did like you know everything is dark and i like that uh aesthetically Mm -hmm. i think the movie does look really interesting it looks and some some of it looks like a, a skinny puppy video, which I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. it looks like a gritty. The aesthetics thing. were really interesting to me because it was a weird and and a very on brand for the time period, but almost like a mashup of somewhat industrial and somewhat like simplistic minimalism, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. which both had its time in the late '90s for sure. So right. I was like, yeah. oh, that's such an interesting time period, and it works well with the theming and yeah. what they were trying to go for. So they did a good use of capitalizing on that. Yeah, I think so too. But I, yeah, it just it's it's inter it, it is an interesting movie, and I think that that's probably the best word to describe. Yeah, movie, which I don't think is necessarily. The best way to describe well, it's movie? yeah, because yeah. interesting can lose its meaning. But I get yeah. what you're trying to say. Because what yeah. else would you say? Like it's it it is interesting. Like let's pretend it hasn't lost its, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cachet or whatever. It, it it is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like though, if this movie was made now, I think it would be fine. But I do think that like TikTok would get carried away with like just the whole idea that we're either in a simulation or like the law of attraction thinking there is no spoon or how to do stuff. I Mm -hmm. feel like it would have like a weird social media underbelly of like new age people taking it a bridge too far. I think that's in general why I don't go on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I, for some reason, get fed a lot of that. And I just in... I I don't anymore because I think TikTok has kind of started to figure out that I'm not as into that. But yeah, TikTok loves to throw that stuff at you for sure. It took a while to beat that out of my algorithm, to be fair. (laughs) It was, I mean, it's insane, some of them. And I'm just like, yeah, dehumanizing even because they have that non-essential player idea and i'm like that's just so dangerous to think that other people are just non-essential people in your life that's insane well yeah like the concept of like yeah an npc and that that comes from i mean comes from video games Mm -hmm. but it but again if it's a simulation then that's a video game and people really it's a main character complex and i think that's kind of just narcissism to an extent yeah (laughs) dressing it up as new age (laughs) it's true yeah and i think that I think, and that's another thing that I would probably criticize the the philosophy. I know we're praising it just mm-hmm. a minute ago, but I think that there are people, because in Paul, in, well, I'm quote unquote, I call it like 
pseudo politics mm-hmm. because it's not it's not policy it's not it's just this concept of the red pill mm-hmm. where that's a big i think that's a big part of QAnon. yeah and i think that that's the evil side because one person can manipulate that mm-hmm. so easily if they have a following obviously we've, we've seen, seen that yeah happen <laughs> in our life and i i would um but that's the that's the other part. They're taking that core concept of like, oh, I need to question everything and believe the op- it. It's not more questioning things, but mm-hmm. it's believing the opposite of yeah, uh, or contrarian. It's contrarian. I was just gonna say that that's a really good point because it's yeah. not a lot of people questioning. It's a lot of people being like, oh, I'm just gonna assume that's wrong and the opposite is true, and mm-hmm. everything's a conspiracy theory. And yeah, it's actually a pretty superficial take. No matter which direction right. you're going, actually, but yeah, it's... well, it it so in the scientific method, it would have been somebody coming up with a high or coming up with um, uh, a hypothesis and not doing any of the testing, right? Not, do, not coming to that's any a great of it. way to put it. Do they just hypothesis done? We're done yep. with our work, and that's not the scientific process. So, right just saying you know. absolutely and not understanding the concepts surrounding one theory too because mm-hmm. it's always deeper it's always deeper yeah. it's why one video essay or one read and you could say anything on any of those that's the thing too it all sounds so official because mm-hmm. it's we have great production value and everything that's in written print sounds legit mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just memes written by 14 year olds right which i think personally like all religions kind of are to be honest yeah i think agreed <laughs> i think it was memes from mm-hmm. the fourth century bc basically and then it's gone to where we're at yeah and here you are dealing with uh yeah just people that think that the earth's flat i know i just don't i what a weird thing to become popular in the past 10 years yeah. what a bizarre thing because and the thing is, you could ask any question and they're just, oh, but what about, and it's like, no, 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 answer the question. Mm-hmm. It's not, fo- they'll take an aspect of the question that you just asked, mm-hmm. answer that small thing and leave most yep. of it, Yeah, you know. Or answer it in a way that they're anticipating is what you're going to say, but mm-hmm. they're missing the entire context of the right. first question. Yeah, it's and quite fun. And what's interesting is this came out before the Bush administration. Ooh, that's a good point. And I was, you know, in college during the Bush administration. And it was really scary to me. And it's only gotten worse. Mm -hmm. But anti-intellectualism. And I think that that has become a big, a big part of, of society specifically the political arena yeah which is insane yeah i want the president to be smarter than me oh yeah that's the main thing honestly and it's like when it was kind of as the bush administration was winding down when it was mccain versus obama but like when palin was you know the vp nominee and then everyone was applauding 
because of how relatable or something she was. I'm like, wait, yeah. excuse you. And then there was that, what was it? Joe, the plumber guy or yeah. like the, pl- I don't remember, but like, and I'm like, why are these, wait, I don't want people who don't study foreign policy mm-hmm. right. to be the most uh, p- powerful person in the country. Like mm-hmm. that's not, why is this what we're going for? That, that creeped me out. Like that was yeah. the point of no return. You're right. It started like eight years before, but if not, I mean, there's, it has grandparents to even the Bush administration. That's a different rabbit hole. But to me, that was the, uh Oh, uh Oh, we are really officially in a bad spot yeah. <laughs> that this is happening. And yeah, I don't think we've recovered. If anything, it's gotten, oh, it's worse. gotten worse. Yeah. It's way worse, actually, I would say. I can't even... I couldn't have fathomed it, how bad it's gotten. No, we should not have had a game show host be the president, all right? I don't mm. even care if it was someone liberal. Same difference. No. Same difference. It's not even just about Trump, mm. who I don't really like anyway. But, I mean, I don't want Oprah to be the president either. Mm-hmm. I Exactly. You know? Whenever there's the... Because I remember during George W. Bush or... Like during the elections, one of the big things was who would you want to have a beer with? And I'm like, I want my president to be a square and not have a beer with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, that's why, in some ways, it is so maddening. I know. Watching this movie because at the time I was like, oh, humanity needs to bust up these, these machines. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, machines are right. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I think humanity should be destroyed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think in a lot of ways, I well, think it, it should be. Well, it was kind of funny, not in a haha way, but if you remember in the early months of the pandemic, when people were, for the most part, staying home, and everyone was like, oh, we're the virus, because smog cleared, mm-hmm. and wildlife started walking around the roads more and stuff and it was like oh we we're, we're the virus we're the problem absolutely you know like whoops <laughs> yeah it's and it's like a funny time. thing i can't really unhear even though i'm not necessarily like for real let's wipe away humanity I, but i am like no we are infected mm-hmm. let's put it that way yeah. for sure i actually because i got that concept a long time ago from an action movie mm-hmm. which is funny uh, yeah. terminator and because basically if you give ai con- consciousness because that happens in that movie as well their first thought is what should i do for the earth mm. like if that's their goal getting rid of humans is the first thing you do <laughs> and then i don't know plant trees right. but it's definitely right. first as humans right getting rid of them uh so destructive but yeah that's yeah yeah, inter- interesting movie. Interesting movie. But I thought I thought it was fine, but it didn't it definitely lost its luster through the years though for me. Interesting. Um, the Matrix. I'm glad I watched it again though. When was the last time you saw it? 2000, I'm going to say like 2004, 2005. Okay, so yeah, very wow. long time. Yeah. Ago. Yeah, so I don't because I did like it. I, I remember liking it, but there were some things where I was like, oh, okay. And I think also when the sequels came out, there were some concepts of the sequel that I did like. Mm-hmm. 
But then there's somewhere I was like, okay, now we're just, right. Like this doesn't make sense at all. Gotcha. And, uh, it got too fantastical and. That's yeah. that's about my thoughts on it. Yeah. Mine too. I just I want to add on to the idea of uh, maybe a recasting, which we haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. And I said that off pod, even though they're not the greatest men, but they were very popular, of course, at the time, both a Brad Pitt or a Johnny Depp, I think would have brought more dimension to the role. And apparently mm-hmm. Brad Pitt was offered the role. I read that, but he didn't feel like it was his. Yeah. So he let it go. And um, apparently Will Smith was also offered the role. I wouldn't have minded that, to be honest. Yeah, and he didn't think he was a good enough actor for it yet. He wanted to like be a little more seasoned before sure. taking it, which is very humble of him, if that's true, yeah. assuming I, I read the soundbite correctly. But yeah, I think he would have been a lot more fun, actually, like mm-hmm. even giving a grounded non-comedic, because he was more of a comedy actor at that time. Yeah. But I think even just... He would have been a better everyman, I think, in I, a weird way. I don't know yeah. how to justify it, but I just sort of feel that way. I think that's, yeah, because I was thinking about Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, interesting. Um, well, they look kind of alike. They do. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was thinking, I think as I was watching the movie, I think I was like, oh, he does kind of like, and he's, a, I, I really like He's a Freddie really Prince charming Jr. actor. Yeah. yeah, he's he's definitely a good everyman also, yeah. so... I yeah. agree with that recasting. Yeah. I wouldn't want to recast anyone else. And again, yeah, I like I Keanu. So. I do, but I don't know. And he didn't do a bad job, but there was just certain moments where I was like, eh, this is kind of flat. That's just the way it is. And I feel, God, I'm trying to think of at this time, if he was like really on fire. Cause I think after this, this kind of re- mm-hmm. revamped his career. I think so too. And, oh, point Blake. He was point, uh, point break. He was great. And, but yeah, I don't think, uh, up until yeah i think it was uh, that was still like a few years before too yeah like he definitely had some big projects before but he wasn't a solidified a-lister mm-hmm. maybe is a good way of putting yeah. it or a permanent a-list and yeah everybody else so good love everybody in it yeah even like all the side, side characters like mouse and stuff yeah, great and again the agents i thought were so i mean they were very effective yeah and i do like that concept where they could just jump into the body very video game-esque and Mm -hmm. this is like the beginning of like video game a video game revolution where you have like gta because i think even at this time gta is not even quite what it became I do remember playing like the first GTA and it sucked or it was good it was actually very fun Mm -hmm. but it was cartoonish and and yeah, I think uh, this kind of predicted a lot of that, what uh, gaming would become later on. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, quick question. What was he selling in the beginning? You know how like he was like selling some kind of computer file or some kind mm. of disc? I didn't quite get what that was. Did you catch what his like underground business was? I think it may have. I think it may have just been able to hack different systems. Mm. Maybe even as simple as hacking atms even mm. uh yeah it's probably it was probably just a program okay. or a pirated program maybe people would i remember people used to have at my school we would find like pirated programs so we could use you know a, pro- a program yeah. without 
this was before torrent so you had to put it on the right. disc and he had a mini disc drive and i was like wow that is insane that's um a, a lost technology that never really caught on yeah that's the that's the only thing about the movie that aged i think super weirdly is like some of the technology like some mm. of it was still maps with some of today's technology but if you're watching a movie about the future or the past and there's some semblance of a telephone which was also used here you you know what that is right whether mm-hmm. we use pay phones or not but yeah. the the files and some of the computer stuff it's like oh that was so specific to the late 90s and some yeah. people don't even remember it depending on how well versed or how old they were or whatnot yeah. and so some of it was like what's he doing like hmm mm-hmm. but it it is set in 1990 i mean it is well, The Matrix is set in 1999, but the real world, obviously, it's mm-hmm. like hundreds of years later. So yeah. I think it actually is interesting that they go back to 1999. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I was a computer program, <laughs> I would, if I wanted the most, yeah, the most docile time in history... I would probably pick 1999 as well. Yeah. It's before uh, the war on terror, 9-11 and all those. After World War II. After World War II, after the Cold War. Yeah. It was, it was weird to think about, but the, you know, the nineties. It's pretty innocent. I mean, there was a lot going on in some ways, but in terms of like, uh, yeah, like world wars. There wasn't any war. Yeah. Yeah, Hard. At least in America. Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst thing that was happening probably around that time was Kosovo. Yeah, that sounds um, right. But other than that, it was relatively a time of peace mm-hmm. and uh, that we haven't seen yet again. And we probably won't in a while. So. No, and it was before yeah. everyone started questioning everything about everything else socially, yeah. which is good but it's tumultuous you know mm-hmm. everyone yeah. was asleep which is kind of the whole point of the movie wake up mm-hmm. so yeah and or just uh questioning without reasoning yeah which is weirdly prophetic actually because yeah. they didn't know what was coming they didn't know how much the world really would change in less mm-hmm. than 25 years later hell yeah. less than 10 years later the world was yeah different you I know mean, three years yep completely different world because i remember growing up you know i'm older than you but growing up like oh we could get bombed anytime by the russians mm-hmm. like that could happen or the soviets yeah that could happen almost any time and having that taken off and then put back on kind of sucks yeah yeah well it's crazy because my dad died in the 2000s and my mom and i when she was still alive would sometimes debate even five years later what would he think of this because the world politically changed technology wise it changed you know like it just yeah after 9 11 mm-hmm. with each year it was like everything just doubled with mm-hmm. how things changed and we're still on that path so yeah. it's pretty wild where if someone died in 1982 versus 1989 it, i don't think it'd be that different yeah some different nuances and details but sort of the same right. thing like you know yeah. maybe to 1990 when the berlin wall fell but sure yeah, yeah. sure it's definitely those milestones and uh yeah yeah who would have predicted the pandemic like that's you know yep. so you know yeah that was the thing because my mom died a little less than two years before the pandemic and that was my first like oh my mom was still alive what would how would she be handling this like mm-hmm. wow like that's 
crazy. Yeah. This crazy thing is happening, and this is another thing I can't talk to her about, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, world events are wild because you never can totally predict them. <laughs> right. It's um, that's why they're there, and that's why certain things happen in in movies and like this, where it's like, wow, I wouldn't have predicted that, but that's life. That's yep. literally life. Yeah. Totally. Well, next week we're going to be watching uh, a similar time period. I think it's 1998, uh, The Parent Trap, with Lindsay Lohan's, plural. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's twins. right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a fun little summer romp. So that's what we're going to be watching. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, TikTok, or subscribe here, it's all Let's Finally Watch It. I'm Lauren Blair Donovan. You can stalk me kindly, please, at uh, Blairsaurus Rex on most social media. And I'm Clark Nez, other Clarksy on the internet. Yes, and that is how you get the information of what we are doing. And we will see you next week with The Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you.